Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host, Adela Marcy, and today we're sponsored by purelyhosting.com forward slash Adel. Go there, check out your free website build. They essentially just do a, you get your hosting, which is a business shared hosting, and they build a website for you completely for free, which is worth about three grand. Yay. We're also sponsored today by callproof.com, and we have the founder and man behind callproof.com with us today, Robert Hartline. Robert, are you there, buddy? Dude, I love the energy. Thank you so much for being here. I'm glad that Esther introduced us. Yeah, because it's like morning over for you guys, right? What time is it over there? Uh, It's just past five. So, not five, sorry. No, just past three. I looked at it. It says 15.05, so my brain was like, five o'clock. What am I doing? God, my brain is stupid at times. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just a quick little background on Robert, because this is from what Esther had told me, was um, as soon as she mentioned that you had done, well, you're a sales and automation guy like I am, which is awesome, but you've gone ahead and built several companies, and I think you did $24 million last year, wasn't it? Yeah, just a little happy number that is that hey man, it's 35. So I know who I should go to for a loan. Just everyone message him like crazy right now. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Dude, so how did you get into what you're doing? Because like, that's always interesting to me, like how people get into what they're doing. Holy crap. Been in retail for best, I guess, 18 years. I have wireless stores in Tennessee. And five years ago, uh, I had a major problem with managing outside salespeople. And from all the things I had learned about um, processes and automation and, and how technology can solve a lot of my challenges, I decided that I needed to build a tool to help manage outside salespeople. That is actually awesome. So it kind of came from a need more than anything of your own and found that you could actually help other people as well, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the, and the need was really, it's really simple. And I don't care um, uh, what organization you have, but when you have a salesperson that its core role is to develop business for your company, um, if they are not turning in sales every single day or you have a very long sales cycle, you'll discover that months after you get them to start and they haven't sold anything, you're left with this question. You know, do I keep investing in the salesperson or why is he not successful or why are we not closing business? And um, the reality for most organizations is if the rep doesn't do a lot of activity, you're not going to sell a lot. And uh, you need to really hone in on what their daily activities are and if you're able to do that and hold them accountable your sales reps are going to make more money and make more sales yeah i mean that's something i have found wow hello phone um so i was going to say that's something i've really found with businesses in their own right is once they actually get their sales processes down things just start to happen better um and work better have you i'm sure you found the exact same thing so um with that being said what would be like your 
how did you get into like selling? Like, how did you refine your sales skills? Because everyone has their own way. Uh, for me, you know, um, uh, my first job was selling phones door to door, which is uh, a scary proposition to, to think about walking up to someone's door and knocking on it. And Rob, then Robert, make... I'm going to stop you right there. You have a newfound love from me. Just just an FYI, because anyone that's followed my show for any amount of time knows door-to-door sales was the thing I did as well. It is a scary, yeah. scary job. It is soul-destroying. It, and it, it is, but I will tell you, it, uh, it, builds, it builds such a strong foundation of fearlessness that as long as you have that fearlessness, it just makes it so much easier to go through your, your sales career knowing that you've done the absolute worst sales job ever. Um, and, um, and there's nothing more uh, frightening than uh, having the fear of rejection in straight up in your face. It's one thing to do a cold call and someone can hang up on you, but when you're standing there in, you know, in the heat of the moment and you literally, you know, you sweat, you, you, get, you get timid and scared. And, you know, I watched so many salespeople on our sales team, and I'm not very, I, I was, I've never been a super outgoing guy. I'm a band geek. I didn't play sports. I'm not like the, uh, the most, uh, you know, uh, charismatic person that you would typically meet. And so it's totally outside of my comfort zone to go through this sales, um, the sales training, and then actually getting on the street, Nashville, Tennessee, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, like knocking on someone's door and trying to get them to buy a cell phone. But um, I, I learned a lot about, uh, you know, how to do that one-on-one -on -one sale with, with just an everyday average person at their house and overcoming the, um, the rejection that you get and the volumes of rejection. I mean, I think the people that, that always ask, well, what, how do you get to, you know, how, how, how do you learn to sell? How do you, you just do it? You just fail and you fail more. And the people that, they, they'll sample selling, meaning uh, they'll get a sales job and they'll sample it for like a week and, and then they'll go, oh, I'm not any good at it. And it's like, dude, you did it a whole week. That, that was not enough time. Like I was lucky with sales that I started doing it and I had some early wins that kept the engine going. If I had spent the whole week and got total rejection the whole week, I probably would have been like most and quit. But I was lucky in getting a couple of wins. And, you know, really that's the energy that keeps a salesperson kind of moving. And that's why some people just are addicted to it because, yeah, there's money involved and you're making money. But there's the thrill of the kill that is so intoxicating. And, uh, you know, there's nothing more fun than training a salesperson, getting them a couple of those couple early wins. And, I mean, they're motivated. Yeah, it really is. Um, it's it's scary how that happens. It's down to mindset more than anything. And a lot of people don't realize that with selling, it is a mindset game. If your mindset is, well, I'm going to go out there and do this thing, you're more likely to succeed than if you try and beat yourself up. And someone that actually, when I was selling, um, one of the worst things that happened to me was in the morning, it would just be really, I'd come out of the office feeling really negative, if that makes sense, before I even hit the field. Mm, so oh, I had yeah. to psych myself up while I was on the way to the fields, and then finally got there. A couple of days and stuff, and I just feel like I don't even want to do this anymore. I just want to go chill out and you know write some ads or something instead of doing this. Oh yeah, and 
you know, that's that's the common things uh, that people, you know, deal with. You know, I, I do a thing internally with my team where I do my own podcast for my internal employees and I interview the best salespeople and I make them tell me basically on camera their, what their day is like and I ask them to describe their day when they open their eyes because there's hidden insights on the success of people just hearing their daily routine and it, even the mon mundane task of waking up and getting dressed, you discover little things they're doing in their day that makes them outstanding salespeople. And one of the ones I've seen is very common is they listen to awesome freaking music before they start their day. And so on their way to their job, they're listening to some upbeat, fun, exciting tunes, and that gets them jazzed and ready to sell. Mm. Um, well, the reason for that is that we actually relate to music as humans. It's like why whenever you're learning a new thing, always put music on at the same time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the reason why whenever I train in gyms, it just tends to be a thing that we train with music on. Um, I learned this when I was doing Muay Thai, like Thai boxing for a few years, um, many years actually. Uh, we would never get trained. Like We'd never do our um, drilling silently. We'd always have music on. And the reason is because of the beats, it sounds really, really strange, but sometimes you could sing along to a song, and it still happens to this day. I'll be singing along to a certain song that I remember from my training days, and all of a sudden I'll start like bobbing, weaving, throwing jabs, ducking under, and stuff like that. And people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm sorry, it's just like, it's mentally just, it's muscle memory. That and it's to tempo too, it's the tempo that keeps you keep going to the next step, right? Exactly, it's like, look at Rocky and Eye of the Tiger. You hear that? You tell me you don't feel like running a little bit. You don't feel like doing oh, yeah. shadow boxing. Always happens. The reason is because you associate it with something good. Now, something that you did mention, I'm curious about this because you were, uh, again, tugging my heartstrings and actually said one of my favorite books, The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. How did you come upon that book? Oh, gosh. I don't really know where I, you know, I ran across it, but, um, you know, I, I read the book. I couldn't put the book down, and then I listened to the audio version, and uh, I love the audio version other than the fact it sounds like the devil is speaking to you, because the I guess the guy who does the voice for it, I mean, he sounds like the straight up the devil, right? Well, Robert, Le uh, Don Leslie, I think his name is, that, <laughs> yeah, the, the really old dude that has that really smooth kind of yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's one of those voices. It's just like, it's kind of eerie, but you know, for me, um, I, I hear lots, you know, there's, there's obviously there's tons of lessons. What I tell people and the reason they should read the book is if you understand how you could be manipulated, this book will teach you how to understand how you are being manipulated. And as long as you know, these laws, when they're being done to you, that's your best defense is to understand that you're being manipulated. Um, and, um, you know, I sometimes will use a law for something and I don't, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell you obviously or anybody <laughs> that I'm using it, but, but it, it, uh, you know, I love the book and I, I even liked 50 cents book. Yeah. The 50th um, law, that was a good and, book. Um, and that, that was good as well. Now he's just, I don't know what it is, what it is, but ever since I saw Fifty Cent throw like a girl, I, I just, I'm having trouble uh, really having much respect for him. So, oh, I, I have no idea what I, I haven't even seen that, so I'm I'm probably not going to look at that. Just so I was like, oh damn, it's just ruins something for me. Yeah, but, well, just just Google uh, Fifty Cent throws a baseball. 
Oh, okay, yeah, fair enough. I'll, I'll have to look at that <laughs> later and just shatter this image in my mind. Um, yeah. But what's it called? It's it's interesting because like with uh, the business that I run, which is mostly online, um, anytime I have a new copywriter or someone else that we like bring into, that we train in-house or um, ask for our advice or does something, the first thing I always tell them is pick up every Robert Greene book there is, mm-hmm. which is the three strategies of war, uh, the 48 Laws of Power, and by the way, this is the order that you should read them, not the order they're released. Uh, 33 Strategies of War, 48 Laws of Power, The Art of Seduction, The 50th Law, then Mastery. And the main reason is, um, The 48 Laws of Power is brilliant. Law number 27 is still one of my favorites about building, um, what was it called, building a following. The Play on people's need to believe to create a cult-like following. Exactly. It's brilliant, and it's such an outlined process as well. And um, I have the concise version as well, the full version of the book. The concise version is like, here's three steps to building a cult. Go have fun with it. <laughs> yeah. So, Thank you. How, how very nice of you and generous in giving me this ability to build a following. <laughs> and if you look at it like on from an outsider's perspective, because, again, you know, if you're in sales, you t- you're technically a psychologist because that's essentially what we do. Um, Kim Kardashian. She uses that law like crazy. Are we talking about her, really? Oh, no, we're only bringing her up as an example. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan, though. I have I have a whole level of dislike for her more so because of something that she did that was moronically genius. I've, I thought I would never use the words moronically genius in my entire life, but here it is. Well, even even when the crazies have a following, you have to look at the crazy and go, "How did they create the following? What can I learn from this? Right? What what in what what's the lesson here?" Oh, definitely. I mean, I don't discount learning from anyone, including the most evil of evil people. We all know who we're talking about, don't we? Justin, absolutely. Justin Bieber. Come on. But even Hitler had it. Um, anyone that's reading books on this kind of stuff to actually build their actual social following and business following. Um, Crystallizing Public Opinion by Edward Bernays, the, the most infamous person that used it for evil, Joseph Goebbels. Of all things, that's that was the book that he cited as like, that's the book I want to read. <laughs> and Edward Bernays was like, no, please don't, no, I, I didn't create it for you, it was for advertising. <laughs> Stop using it for evil. <laughs> it's just... That's what it is. But anyway, kind of like going completely off track here, but the 48 Laws of Power is still one of my favorite books of all time. Um, and the 50th Law is more or less just a one law, which is fearlessness, which is incredible, because I think you need that, again, you learn that through getting your ass handed to you daily as a door-to-door salesman, and still getting wins. But pretty much, yeah. it, it's it's the thing that makes you tough. I mean, I'm sure like the way that you've developed a, what was it, eight figures now? Sounds yeah, like, yeah. And, and yeah, and, and what's you know what's what's uh, you know that word fearlessness. Uh, you know, when I look back at um, times where I've like struggled with something and I've powered through it, you know, I, I always went back to that feeling of the door slamming my face and then telling myself I got to get to the next one. You know, you almost have to like, you know, I'd kept up with. We had a little, we had a little chart, a little clipboard, and we we put a little hash mark every time we talked to a door, uh, we knocked on a door and then we did a hash mark. We actually spoke with someone and then we had the, you know, did they, did they book a time with us or whatever and getting those no's, those just going through the act of getting the no, that was cool. It's like, okay, I had a no. Perfect. Let's go to the next one. No, 
perfect. Next one. And almost like, you know, I, I've thought about creating a, um, a voodoo doll uh, for, for the business to hand them our customers uh, that do a lot of telemarketing and, and cold calling just to get the frustration out. Like when you make a call and someone hangs up on you, I mean, you literally get so mad at someone. And mm -hmm. if you can, if you can turn that energy into the, the energy you need to make another call, uh, that'd be great. I mean, maybe if you had a freaking voodoo doll, you poke the voodoo doll and you subconsciously, you know, poke somebody's eye out for hanging up or being rude to you. Uh, maybe it'd keep you Joan, jonesing up to, to make more calls. But, um, you know, it's something that I think is interesting. And this is something I, I've meeting the, to talk to marketing people like yourself for a long time is uh, a topic I think you guys should talk more of. And that is there's a huge disconnect between marketing folk and sales departments. Oh, entirely. I'm in the middle between the two. Yeah, and th this is what this is what I perceive. I don't know if you see the same thing. You have these organizations that have fantastic marketing departments. They'll generate a lead that'll come in to the website, and the sales team won't call that lead. Yeah. Oh my God. I, or the worst, even worse than that, is they have a crap load of leads coming in, but their salespeople can't close for shit. Yeah, but I, you know, it, it, that's, you know, I, one of the things our tool does is we do, we do custom numbers that when you call the number, it's recorded or whatever. Oh, that's amazing. I, I tell everyone like, um, you know, if you're in, if you're in charge of marketing, your goal should be not generate leads to come in. You should be being able to figure out how those leads were actually closed. Like for whatever reason, it seems like marketing departments say, well, my, my job is done. I, I made the phone ring. Well, you know, it, I would want to, if it were me and I was a director of marketing, I would want to take ownership up to the close of the sale. Like literally I would want to listen to every single marketing call that came in and, and listen how the salespeople uh, were answering it. Were they doing a name exchange when they opened up the conversation? Did they use the other person's name during the conversation to build rapport? Did they capture their contact details? Did they let them know that they're going to call them back and do a follow-up? Did they work for an appointment? Those things in most organizations aren't happening. And so you got yin and yang out there over there uh, trying to grow a business, and uh, no one's taking ownership of the, of the actual beginning of the marketing funnel to the end. Yeah, it's lost it's, in between. It's insanity to me because like a lot of the stuff, the way that we do all our in-house stuff is, um, I still like getting on the phone with people. Uh, I still enjoy it. Like you know, someone's like, "Hey, uh, I want to sign. Up. Hey, I want to hire you guys to write our advertising and stuff like that." I love getting on the phone with people. It's a genuine happy place for me because I get on. Well, like, and dude, I'm you got a freaking awesome accent. That's so freaking easy. Oh, thank you. It's like, hello. Yes, give me money. It's fine. Yeah, I was ah. just like. It, it is like, man, uh, you maybe should teach courses on how to develop a, a perfect accent. I think they um, should. I think I because should. Because it adds, I, I will tell you this, it adds a premium to, to you as, you know, if you were out in the marketplace selling, using your voice, boom. I mean, you're, you're, 
it's going to add extra energy to to your sales for sure. Oh, definitely. It really Especially does. Especially selling selling to Americans just cuz we, we trust we trust your accent. That's it. Pretty much that's the reason why I actually speak to people on the phone um in America. Most of my clients are American, not British. The British people are like, "Oh, hello, you sound American." I'm like, "I do not sound American. Thank you." It's cuz I've got hard Rs. Like I've got very hard Rs whenever I speak on the phone. So they're like, "Are you American?" I'm like, "No, I lived in I lived in the U.S. for like a week at one point in my life." But thank you, um, thank you for remembering that. But it's it's insane. Like for me, it's genuinely insanity how people. And um, I read this the other day, and I thought it was complete bullshit. Someone said, "If you've got a ninety percent closing rate, you're not charging enough." Mm. I call bullshit because if you've got a ninety percent closing rate, it depends what level you're closing at. So for Personally, for my firm, we close between five to a hundred thousand dollars per client. Wow, that's that's not peanut money, by the way. Right. Anyone that, like even if you're a millionaire, like even today, Robert, you'd say like you know, oh, I lost five grand today. Okay, it's not going to hurt my pocket that much, but still, it's five grand. That is like that mortgage payment, car payment, whatever. Right, right, right. It's money that takes care of something that needs to be a function, which now has to be, like moved around to fill that void um so when i hear stuff like that i'm like no that's because like your marketing and sales doesn't match up and for the longest time i didn't know there was a difference my whole thing was okay what am i doing my marketing brings them onto the phone or onto an email and now i have to close them on getting onto the phone with me okay they're on the phone Mm -hmm. with me now i need to pitch them and close them and that's both marketing and sales and now they're a customer and now mm-hmm. I have to take care of them. And that's basically start to finish. I've never really realized that some people are like, all right, cool, we've got, um, here's, here's 100 leads. Go go speak to them now. And the person's like, yeah, sure, whatever, we'll go do this. And they fail. Uh, or, 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 you know, here's 100 leads, and you're talking to the leads, and the customer is using lingo from the marketing department, yet you're the salesperson and don't understand what the marketing lingo is. Yeah. Like it's just a it, – it's – or – or the message uh, is getting to the wrong people the wrong way. I mean, there's just so many different things. I, I, I always see these, these, uh, uh, these marketing people, and I ask them, so tell me about your day. What do you do? And they never use words like you would think if I asked, them, if I asked my marketing person, said, tell me what your role here is, I would want them to say, my role is to grow sales of the company, not we do marketing here. Well, no, you're freaking – you're a sales rep. You sell. I mean, you may not directly sell, but you generating sales. And um, you know, I, I tell everyone, make sure your your marketing people get involved with the sales reps. Get on sales meetings. Go to see a client. See what it's really like to sell sell the product. Um, you know, I, I'm always in, intrigued with re- understanding how to do copy because I am terrible at copy. Well, we can have a conversation after this call. We absolutely should have a conversation. Definitely, you should probably read my website and be like, "Oh my god, I can't use, I can't believe you're using those words." <laughs> I probably will be. I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I'm a bit of a snob when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, but it's incredible. Like this is the truth and insanity. It's one of the things I really, really want to fix when I have time to. Is I want to hold like a workshop for corporations and be like, all right, marketing and sales department, here's how you cooperate. If you're in marketing, you generated the leads, you've got the names, write down every freaking detail under the sun and give it to um, 
give it to the salesperson and tell them what they need to say, as in the sense of, all right, here's Jim Jones. Jim Jones is 53 years old. They've asked for this, this, and this. This is what they want. All you have to do is go in, talk to them, confirm everything, and get them to say yes. That is your job. And that's how you have a cohesion between the two and they work. But it's scary how they've kind of gone from, yeah, we're all on the same page, to you're Athens, we're Sparta, we're not friends. Yeah, that's that's the attitude. It's like, um, cooperate a little bit, please. You know, it'll make everyone more money. And I think one of the ways that my friend, one of my friends got around this was um, he had incentives. Um, is if you were... If you're if you as as salespeople generated X amount of revenue, you'd get X bonus. But if you did it with a marketing department, your bonus for like so separately, you'll get a ten percent bump on their paper per sale. They'll get um ten percent on each. But if they cooperated together, the sales and marketing uh, sides, and they would know by using the system they put in place, um, they would ultimately get a thirty percent I think increase. So they'll get fifteen percent each. Oh wow! And I was like, "Really?" He was like, "Yeah, I mean, I'll just go ahead and do something like that." I was like, "What's that costing you?" He goes, "It's costing me a lot less than you'd think." I was like, "How do you mean?" He goes, "Before I was spending, I don't know, I'll give you numbers here. He was spending about twenty thousand dollars a year on salespeople and twenty thousand on marketing people." He goes, "I from those people, I'd make a decent amount of money back from each, but ever since we introduced this, we've tripled the amount that we're bringing in." Mm. I'm like, why? Because incentives are there, and also people want to uh, get more money. But now we're making them work together. The closes are a lot higher. And we're bringing in more money per sale. Oh yeah, I mean, you, if you just added some compensation for the marketing department for closed leads that the marketing department built brought to the sales department, then you're going to get salespeople. I mean, uh, marketing folk going, "Hey, Jamie, how's that lead going with XYZ company?" Give me an update on that. And if he hadn't been doing the proper follow-up, I mean, that, just the simple nagging may get that that follow-up activity to happen and actually the sale close. Just for the marketing part, they got to understand uh, what what the leads are in the funnel and are they being worked. And that's you know that's you know that's that's the trick right there is just making sure that the the leads are getting worked. Yeah. It's really that simple, and wow, we have really gone into this conversation about sales and stuff. Um, all right, so kind of like moving side uh, aside from this, like, what do you do to relax? Because I'm really curious, because I have a hard time disconnecting. So I always like to know what other people do to relax. Well, part of my goals this year is to do do meditation. So I've been doing ten minutes a day. Um, I do a, I, I work out pretty much seven days a week. Um, and so I guess, you know, I don't have a huge commute, so I try to, you know, spend time with my boys and, you know, just spending time with the family. And um, that's pretty much, you know, I, I do a lot of traveling, so I love sitting on the beach and doing stuff. Or um, I've just recently got a uh, Razor, which is like this off-road 4x4 thing I, I'll do for fun. Uh, you know, climbing up mountains and and doing crazy stuff, but um, that's pretty much my world. Dude, that is so cool. That is like really um, interesting because like I again this weekend the one that uh, it's the twenty it's a leap year today, so twenty ninth of February, uh, twenty sixteen when we we're recording this. Like a few days ago, I decided to take some time off and go down to the beach and just paddleboard. Mm, that's tell, fun. Just felt really good. Just no internet, by the way. I didn't have my phone with me. Didn't have um, 
my computers with me, which is really strange. All I had was a notepad and a pen. I felt like I felt like such an adult. What's the longest you've been without your phone? Uh, voluntarily or involuntarily? Involuntary, sorry. Well, I guess either. Uh, involuntarily, I'd say four days, but that was because I was ill and there was no point in me having a phone at the time. Uh, um, voluntarily, I'd, I'm going to go from the age of like 21 because, um, actually, let's say 18 because that's when I started my first business. So from 18 to now, how long have I gone without a phone for? Three days? Wow. That's Three a days. lot. That is, a, uh, I, th that I is think a, my record is uh, eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to. I tried to do three days for one reason and one reason alone. Um, I don't know how this is possible, but I somehow get. If I don't message anyone back, people think I've died. Like that. That is a genuine thing. I had a friend of mine that I didn't re respond to during that three-day period. I checked my phone. I had um, seventeen messages from this friend saying, "Please tell me you're still alive and you haven't killed yourself, or someone hasn't killed you. Please get back to me as soon as possible." Oh, We're calling everyone. I'm like, um, I'm literally with my family right now. <laughs> Sorry. I, I think I think one day there's going to be um, resorts that pop up, and 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 their key marketing message is going to be, "No cell phone signal here." Yeah. Oh my no Wi-Fi, no internet, nothing. Like this place is like, ah, oh. like different planet. Dude, I so totally want to just start a resort for that because I can already think of the copy to it. <laughs> I, can, I like. I've already thought of the advertising, how I'm going to pitch this, and everything. <laughs> just, just off the. Uh, by the way, completely off the cuff, because you only just came up with it. I would so totally do something along the lines of, um, are you feeling stressed out, overworked, and? underappreciated do you wake up feeling run down do you um do you feel a sudden sadness or heaviness in your stomach and heart when you when you wake up in the morning look at your phone or your emails when you get to work do you wish you could make it all go away and not have to answer to anyone for a few days well here at this resort wherever this place is we specialize in that when you come here all you're allowed to bring with you is a notepad pen a book and a smile where we will give you massages and you can go swimming, relax with other people, and walk amongst your own kind, the disconnected. <laughs> and that's what we provide for you today. All this is going to cost you is nine nine seven for three nights. <laughs> I, I think let's do it. That would be an let's awesome do thing. It. I think I might have to find a hotel in London and be like, guys, I got an idea. Try this. <laughs> Just, just send it to high-powered executives. Well, you can buy you can buy these radio jammers that uh, block all cell phone signal and Wi-Fi, and maybe you could just do it in the heart of heart of London. I think I'd get so much hate for that. <laughs> it's like an well, I'm gonna say this because it's funny because I'm brown. Um, it would be a little act of terrorism for people. If I did <laughs> yeah, that. I would. <laughs> that terrorist blocked our phones. I'm like, I, I, I was trying to give you peace. Come on. <laughs> Hey, I had a I had a friend of mine that uh, did that. He had teenage daughters, and he was always sick of fighting over the phone at at bedtime. And so he bought a jammer on eBay, and he had a timer hooked up to it, so it flipped on at ten o'clock at night, and it shut off at six in the morning. And they never fought about the phones anymore. They the girls just thought the the, the network was terrible. That is amazing that he managed to trick his children into believing that. <laughs> I I can imagine like if my parents did something like that, I'd be like, uh, mom and dad, what are you doing? What do you mean? I already know technology better than you. Let's just leave it.
Exactly. This is how we roll. All right, cool. So I have a question for you here because we're rolling up to this time and I really want to give you as much time as possible. So it goes in deep into sales, marketing, automation, idea generation, anywhere that you want to go. What would be three tips or more, actually, if you wanted, but three major tips that you'd give to someone that they can take to go from where they are, which, by the, mean, by the way, I mean uh, where they are as in they either want to make the jump to go ahead and actually start uh, living the life that they want, or they're struggling, meaning they started to live this life that they wanted, but it's not as glamorous as they thought it would be, and they're kind of feeling a little bit disheartened. So that's the kind of area that they're at right now. How do you help them go from there to being able to actually be happier than what they have? Uh, probably figure out what they want would have to be number one. And, uh, you know, one way you can do that is just exposing yourself to different environment or travel. Um, I'm an EO entrepreneur organization and they have a thing that they just started and that is, um, it's for, um, EO parents who have, uh, children that have just, just have graduated and they have a program where you work for uh, you you trout that your 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 kid right after high school would go work for another EO member across the world somewhere for two months, and you'd go with six other EO families and work under their business for sixty days. And that year, imagine how much you would learn about what you really wanted to do for the rest of your life if you had that experience literally working for the best uh, entrepreneurs across the world for a year, it would totally enlighten what you need to do with your life. So to me, I guess the first tip would just, uh, you know, figure out a way to find out what you want to do. Then, you know, two is a no brainer and that's find a mentor who knows how to do it. And, um, figure out beg borrow steel to be able to work for this person and get that mentorship and then uh probably my last tip would be um find someone to do it with have an accountability partner um that you can you can work together on to get to to help each other get your dream i'm gonna go back a second and say i just had a real beavis and butthead moment find someone to do it with <laughs> so i can help <laughs> I have a childlike mind at times. It's fine. Dude, you're you're what? You're mid twenties now. Yeah, uh, twenty six. You're just a young pup. Yeah, there's fifteen years between us, which is kind of scary. Which means I now have a goal of whom I should destroy when I hit forty one. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm just teasing with you. But those are some great tips. Now I've got a question for you, really, because those are more than practicality. But what would you do to someone that say? wants to learn how to sell better like what would you tell them to do go to door to door or to read books or well for one like and it depends on what you're selling you know if if hell if you're selling janitorial supplies we have a lot of people that do very unsexy sales i mean they're selling products that they're industrial they they're selling chemicals um just not very sexy products um so you know my thing is, yeah, there's a ton of content that you can read and all these sales trainers. and There's tons of books you can read. But um, what you want to do is find someone in your industry that's crushing it. And so if, if, uh, if you're a, 
you want to be a baller in janitorial sales, then you need to find someone that is a baller in that business. And most likely they're probably been doing it for 15 to 20 years. And I would, uh, I, I would beg them to allow you to pay them for their time to learn all their secrets. You could probably spend two days uh, with them and probably they'd give you just about, you know, 70% of all their key takeaways that you could carry on and, and use, uh, use to help you sell better. But, uh, my, you know, I don't necessarily like all of the content for sales out there because if it doesn't pertain to your industry, it really is not that helpful. Um, you know, you want to understand, I mean, if you sell payroll service, you understand how hard it is to get a company to switch your payroll provider. Um, and nobody wants to do it. So if I was working, I got a new job at paychecks. My number one thing I would tell my boss would be, I want to have a meeting. If I have to fly there on my own dime, I'll do it. I want to have the meeting with the guy that was been a top, top sales guy for the company for the last five years. Who is it? I would spend my time there first before spending any time and energy reading or trying to study on selling. Yeah, that's incredible. See, we have a completely different approach to that. Mine's the other way around. I'm like, you learn to sell as much as you can because it's universally just all kind of translates to the same thing. Oh, it does. It does. I mean, um, and, and there's fundamentals that work for everybody, right? Yeah, I, I was at, so essentially the way that I would, I would add a little caveat to your advice on that is first of all, learn the fundamentals by doing, and then go ahead and specialize in the field that you're in. Mm -hmm. But you're That's right. Great. Getting a mentor would be, is absolutely incredible and powerful. Um, like writing copy, I taught myself almost everything I know. Uh, and my mentors are all books and stuff, but I've got a friend of mine who actually had a mentor and he got to the same level that I got to a few years ago in the space of two years. I was oh, wow. like, it took me six years. It took me a long time, six years of being pro to get to where I am. And you did it in two. And he was like, I was like, what's the difference? He goes, oh, um, I looked at his work. He, he didn't write better than I did. It was just the fact that he had a mentor that guided him along the way. And mentors open doors that you can't did, open did, yourself. Did you attempt to find a mentor when you started? No, because I actually kind of started when I was 12. Um, and I went pro when I was 18. So when I started writing, it was just more or less like, uh, actually, correction, I did have a mentor when I was 18, and that did not end well. Uh-oh. Yeah, it ended. I'll tell you afterwards, after the call. Um, but it ended pretty badly, and it just put me off the idea of working with anyone for a really long time. Um, and then I just kind of kept going from there, and I just found that my successes were building upon themselves. So I was like, all right, cool, keep mm. going. And then the thing with having a mentor, even if you're successful, to anyone out there that's listening to this, heed this warning. No matter how successful you are, you will have downfalls, and that's where mentors come in the most advantageously, because they will pick you back up. Mm. If you're trying to pick yourself back up, trust me, that's a fight that you do not want to fall into too often. Mm. It, it's, it's hell on earth. You could probably do a whole talk on bad mentorship then, too, then. I probably could. Like, how not to be a, bad, how to be a good mentor and what to avoid. Um... It's, it's, it's incredible. But, dude, thank you so much for being here and taking the time. I actually appreciate this because I know you've got quite a, well, you've got quite a busy life anyway. Um, well, thanks for having me. I, I appreciate it. It was fun. I really want to do this again with you. It'll be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Thank, yeah. th thank you now.
Yeah, definitely. And guys, go on, go ahead and check out uh, callproof.com. And if, is it just U.S. only that you have this? Yeah, uh, we have a few international clients, but um, you know, with international, we do things with telephone numbers. Like uh, we take your call history and throw it into the cloud, match it with known clients and prospects. And international numbers are a bit more complicated. Uh, so we're really focused on the U.S. market. Definitely. If you're in the U.S., for sure, go ahead and check them out simply because it, it will help your sales numbers massively because you actually understand what you're doing and how to increase them. Um, if you're a manager, get in touch. I'm sure Robert will have something very, very special for you. Mention my name and hopefully you guys can work something out. Um, also, we're, we're hosted with, well, this show is sponsored by um, purelyhosting.com forward slash Adult. Go there, get your website set up by them and get your site built by them. Actually, it's a lot more fun. And we'll see you on the next episode, which should be really soon. Robert, thank you so much for being here again. Hey, thanks, man. Take care. Take care. Bye.